Hi, I'm Jelani Blake, and you're listening to Caesar Voices, a podcast series focused on bringing research closer to you. This series is brought to you by the Journal of Caribbean Environmental Sciences and Renewable Energy, or CESAR, which is probably more familiar to most of you. Each episode, we'll hear from some of the leading Caribbean environmental experts who'll be helping us to better understand what's happening in our region. We'll be getting a summary from the people on the front lines, the heroes doing the heavy lifting in terms of searching for solutions to some of our most pressing environmental problems. If you'd like to give suggestions, have your research featured, or sponsor an episode of Caesar Voices, use the links in the accompanying description to learn more. On the last episode, we started talking about the disconnect between industry and academia in the renewable energy sector in the Caribbean. We're not done with that discussion, but we're switching lanes this episode to have a look at another interesting aspect of renewable energy. If I went to a car maker as few as eight years ago and I said that electric cars are going to go mainstream, we'd be able to pull 350 miles on a single charge and we'd be able to do it all for the same industrial costs as a gas-based counterpart, they'd look at me like I'm crazy and they'd point me to their egregious profits. If I did the same thing to oil companies, they wouldn't even give me the time of day. Assailed by years of ignorance and just purely stagnating incremental changes, these industries have gone from invincible titans to struggling innovators really that are trying to play catch up. China has now joined forces with France and Britain in its quest to end the sale of gas and diesel cars, and it's created this trickle-down wave of progressivism that started to affect car manufacturers themselves. Volvo, Jaguar, and Land Rover have all pledged to end the sale of their gas cars by a certain year in an effort to join, or at least compete with Tesla, and their mission to further sustainable transport and end a hundred-year-long dependence on oil. Regardless of what you think, one thing is for certain. The number of EVs on the road is rising, and there isn't a damn thing that oil companies or traditional car manufacturers can do to stop it. That came from a 2017 video by YouTube user Nick Reddy, and there's a link in the description. But in the two years since that video was posted, more electric vehicles have entered the market and more manufacturers have started developing their own models. So that means EVs will continue to become more efficient and affordable, which is great for countries in the Caribbean, since EVs could probably help us a lot in our quest for carbon neutrality. Now, some countries, such as Costa Rica and Barbados, have already taken huge steps towards e-mobility, and we at CESO wanted to see if Jamaica is headed along a similar path. So we got in touch with someone who spent years working closely with Caribbean countries towards their energy goals. My name is Malak Mason. I'm the Senior Regional Energy Expert at the IDB. I cover the energy portfolio for Jamaica and Bahamas, and I also have an operational planning role for the energy sector across our six countries in the Caribbean. Uh, my background is really sort of mineral economics, and I've always been interested in the value added from energy and extractive sectors and how they can contribute to the development of a country. Um, I did a lot of my early career work across Latin America and actually did some of my field work for my PhD in Chile. But when I joined the IDB, I broadened that sort of expertise from mining oil and gas onto the energy and electricity sector and really got a feel for both legal regulatory frameworks as well as developing energy investments where, you know, you're not only adding value at a macroeconomic perspective, but really uh, that people can feel the tangible results of a project. 
So if you're wondering, when Malaika mentions the IDB, she's talking about the Inter-American Development Bank. They're a major source of development funding for countries in the Caribbean and Latin America, but they offer a lot more than money. Our job is to support our clients, primarily in my case, the government um, and the Ministry of Energy. Working with my client and its main stakeholders, the regulator, the business sector, local universities, NGOs, and uh, the supply chain of actors who would be involved in, say, an energy investment. I work to really help the government define regulatory, legal, institutional frameworks that help us get to sustainable energy uh, within a country like Jamaica. But we also look at what kinds of investments need to be prioritized within a sustainable energy matrix, like renewable energy or LNG as a transition fuel. And we also try to uh, understand how to support the, the regulator, for example, how to maintain an independent position and regulate to ensure that um, there's a level playing field for all. So, of course, the IDB is majorly involved in the government's renewable energy strategy, and they do seem to see EVs playing a major role. Jamaica, like most Caribbean countries, you know, relies heavily on fossil fuel imports to meet its energy needs. And this is like a major drain on foreign exchange and the economic growth of the country. So one of the key steps that the government of Jamaica is taking is in the diversification of its energy matrix away from those imported fossil fuels and replacing it with more indigenous renewable energy generation. Um, and it really has a target of 30% of renewable energy on the national grid by 2030. But here's a challenge, you know, with car sales on the rise in Jamaica and across the region, the transport sector, which really takes up 30% of those oil imports, threatens to undermine the gains made by decarbonizing that power grid. And that's where, for us, electric vehicles come into play. That makes a lot of sense. So what exactly is happening in Jamaica? Do you know of any projects or anything like that? I think there's a lot of discussions and advancement on electric vehicles in Jamaica. I don't know of specific projects per se that are underway, but I do know that we at the IDB, in collaboration with many key stakeholders, uh, the utility, the regulator, automobile dealers, we're, we're really at the very beginning of starting a comprehensive program on electric mobility in Jamaica. We want to help the government do this the right way by coordinating an approach, you know, across government and with the private sector. So whilst I think there is not a similar project, um, there might be smaller type um, actions and surely that sort of ground root swelling of ideas and discussions and activities related to electric mobility is what we are building on. And really, I think that the electric mobility program that we are now scoping out and designing in collaboration with some of these key stakeholders is going to be a very exciting venture for Jamaica. That does sound very exciting, but I do realize we're looking at a major change. What are some of the key challenges facing us when it comes to switching out to electric vehicles? So we know they're much more efficient than the internal combustion engine in terms of converting energy to motive power. But we really would like to see EVs using renewable energy sources so that you can aim towards carbon neutrality and lowering greenhouse gas emissions. 
So if we want to promote a transition to electric mobility, we also want to reinforce the sort of the renewable energy generation capacity to ensure that those EVs don't create a greater demand for imported fossil fuels. Another key challenge is that because there's still a new technology, adoption rates are constrained by those higher costs of the vehicles themselves. You know, what we need to do is find the appropriate standards, policies and regulations that encourage adoption, not just in the public sector, but also across the private sector. And we have to find ways in which uh, we can promote the appropriate charging infrastructure, you know, working first with the utility, but, but also with other private operators who might want to place charging infrastructure in different places in Jamaica. Of course, we also need to partner and find out how to overcome the challenges of training and certification. And I mean, I think this is one of those easy, low-hanging fruits that we, in working with um, car dealers and local training institutions, we can really ensure that so mechanics, electricians and trainers are really empowered to know what the needs of the EV ecosystem are and how to meet that so that when cars come on the road, you always have a backup system for any needs that you have associated with that car. So I would say those are kind of the main challenges, making sure they're powered with renewable energy making sure you have the appropriate standards and incentives and regulations in place to encourage the adoption and that that is all synchronized, but um, also ensuring that the right kind of infrastructure is in place and not just with one monopoly institution, but that there is a fair chance for other private sector operators to come in. And then finally, and very importantly, making sure you have the right sort of expertise and capacity to deal with the EVs once they're on the road. Electric vehicles can drastically reduce Jamaica's carbon footprint if they're properly implemented. And as we've just been reminded, we have quite a few bases to cover if that's going to be the case. But the major stakeholders seem to know what needs to be done, and they have a lot of help. So it looks like EVs may very well be in Jamaica's future, even if they're a bit further down the road than many of us would hope. We'll definitely be checking back in, and of course we also want to see where the rest of the region is headed. But for now, that's all we have for you on this episode of Caesar Voices. I'd like to thank our guest, Malaika Masson, for taking part, and of course you, our listeners, for tuning in. I'd like to remind our listeners that you can click the link in the accompanying description to visit our website, caesarjournal.org donations, where you can join the monthly donor club. And if you'd like to be an official sponsor of Caesar Voices and feature your company or NGO, please follow the corporate link in the description to learn more.